Our first Bible reading for today is from 1 Corinthians, verse, chapter 11, verses 23 to 29. From verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord is an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. The second reading is from Isaiah, chapter 25, verses 6 to 9. From verse 6. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all people, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all people and the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord Almighty has spoken. In that day he will say, Surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Thanks, Hannah, and thanks to all our youth for sharing. That was really encouraging. Um, good morning. My name is Cam Maxwell. I'm a campus pastor here at Trinity Church Tonsley, and a really uh, special welcome to all our kids today. Uh, normally, you'd be in our programs and they return next week, but we do love from time to time having you in uh, with us, uh, the adults, uh, for the whole church service. And I'm hoping today uh, the sermon will be helpful for kids uh, as well as for adults as we cover pretty briefly uh, some of the things, just some of the things the Bible teaches us about communion, uh, which we're going to have together a little bit later in the service. Um, we have communion, or some would call it the Lord's Supper, here about once a month, and um, our kids are always included in that. But we don't often stop and think carefully uh, about what the Bible teaches us about communion. What is it? What is it we're doing as we eat bread and juice together? Um, have you ever stopped and thought carefully, well, if we didn't have communion, uh, would we be missing out on anything? If we didn't have communion, what are we missing out on? Is communion just a good tradition? Uh, something good to do, something we might enjoy, but one that we don't really need? If we missed it, would we, would we miss out? Um, perhaps a bit like putting up a Christmas tree. A good thing to do, many people enjoy it, but you know, you don't need to take it too seriously. Is that what communion's like? Or does it matter more than that? Well, uh, the Bible teaches, and what I'll be saying today, is that yes, a communion is not just a tradition. Uh, communion really does matter. 
Uh, it's an important thing for us, and it's really, really good for us to keep having communion together, uh, and also to keep thinking about what communion means, what's happening as we have communion together. Um, now, I'm going to be speaking pretty briefly uh, about communion. As you'd speak for many, many hours about all the things the Bible teaches us about communion. So we need to keep thinking about these things uh, as we keep growing, uh, as we follow Jesus. Today, all I want to do is take us through four really great things the Bible teaches us about communion, uh, and why it is so good that God has given us this great gift uh, to have and share together, uh, why it's helpful for each one of us as individuals and why it's helpful for us as, as a church family. Uh, the four reasons you'll see inside the leaflet you would have got on the way in um, and kids, uh, like many of the adults have found, uh, the leaflet has an outline of the sermon there each week to help you take notes. Uh, taking notes is a great way to kind of uh, stay listening well and um, just writing down something you, you find interesting or helpful. Uh, it'll help you uh, listen and it'll help you remember uh, what we hear as we go through the Bible week in, week out. Now, remembering uh, can be very hard, can't it? Uh, I find myself forgetting all sorts of things. Uh, it's one of the big reasons we have name tags here, not just because I can't remember names, but because many of us uh, can't remember names. It's good to be able to uh, remind each other of our names. It's a very helpful thing. Uh, we all forget things. I was actually trying to think of an example I could share about the last time I forgot something important. Uh, I couldn't remember. <laughs> I couldn't think of a time, uh, which is how bad I am at remembering things. Um, life can be really busy. Uh, it can be full of interesting, distracting things, uh, and sometimes life can be really hard. Uh, we might find ourselves forgetting important things because we're worried or concerned about other things instead. Um, it's one thing as well to forget where the TV remote is, and that can be a bit frustrating, uh, but we, we do really want to remember the things that are important to us. Um, I think that's why people uh, often have photos of their loved ones uh, up in their house, like on their fridge. Um, adults often have a picture of their family on their phone uh, or on their desk at work. Um, they know what their family look like. They're not going to forget in those eight hours at work what their kids and their wife look like or their husband looks like. Um, parents aren't going to forget what their kids look like, but photos are a great way to remind us uh, during the day, perhaps during a busy day, of what's really important. Those photos remind us who's dear to us and uh, how important these people are. Um, especially if our grandparents live in a different part of the country, uh, they'll have lots of photos of their grandkids like my grandparents did uh, up on the fridge. And so Jesus gives us communion uh, to help us remember. It's a bit like a photo. Uh, communion helps us remember and keep remembering that Jesus died for us. Um, communion, is, it's a bit like a photo. Um, it reminds us that Jesus' body was broken and his blood was poured out for us. But communion is much better than a photo when you think about it. Uh, we have bread, we have juice, some people use wine. Uh, we see it, we can see it, we can touch it, we can taste it, we can even smell it, I suppose. Uh, and alongside it, we hear, we hear the words of the gospel, the, the great news about salvation in Jesus as we have communion together. It's a whole body experience as we enjoy remembering Christ and what he has done for us. Um, I'll read again from 1 Corinthians. This is the passage Hannah read for us before. And this is what Jesus said at that last supper with his disciples. The Lord Jesus, uh, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. When he given thanks, he broke and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Remembering is really important. Now, if we're followers of Jesus, we're not exactly going to forget him, are we? We're not going to forget about Jesus and forget everything about him. But just like people keep photos of people they love in their house where they can see them regularly, um, it's good for us 
to help us remember what's really important, uh, to remember regularly Jesus and his death for us. Because that death has changed every part of our lives if we follow him. Jesus died for all our sins uh, so that we might be forgiven by God uh, for all we have done. That's great news. Jesus forgives us uh, by his blood for all we have failed to do that we should have done. Jesus died to take away our guilt and to take away all our shame. Isn't that good news? Jesus served us uh, by dying for us. He loved us by dying for us. And as we have communion together, we're remembering, uh, bringing to the front of our mind and uh, to our heart, uh, what a great thing his death is for us uh, in giving us forgiveness by grace. Okay, so communion helps us look back and remember and, and re- uh, relive really what's uh, really important. But that's not all. Uh, communion also helps us, it's a bit like a time machine, communion also helps us look forward. And this image is courtesy of um, artificial intelligence this week of a, of a time machine on the screen. Um, communion actually helps us look forward to the time when we will see Jesus again. Uh, the next verse we read in 1 Corinthians said, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, this is something uh, we, we keep doing, and not just look back, looking back, but we know that Jesus didn't stay dead. Uh, he rose back to life. He ascended to heaven where he is with his actual body physically now. And we know that he will come again. Uh, Jesus will come again as the great king of everything. Uh, he'll come. Uh, he'll make all things new and make his kingdom on earth uh, established and, uh, and completed. That reading we had from Isaiah, just a few short verses there about God preparing a feast. Do you remember that great, uh, great image of the finest wines and the best meats? Um, it's a promise we see all through the Bible, really, of what we as God's people are looking forward to on that day. It's not about just great food and drink. The thing about parties with good food and drink is actually it's, it's about the whole party. It's a celebration about something good uh, with people, uh, it's something to enjoy together. But especially uh, the way the Bible gets us to be excited is a party with God himself, a huge party that we get to look forward to. And that's what we're doing as we eat and drink communion. We're looking forward to that great banquet, that great feast, uh, where we'll be with and enjoy being with Jesus forever. So you can think about communion as a small taste uh, as we eat and drink uh, together. It's a small taste, a bit like an entree or an appetizer of the main event, uh, of what it will be like being with God, uh, eating and drinking with him in his kingdom. And so communion takes us into that future in our hearts and our minds. And when you think about it, when we know something good is coming up, uh, something we can look forward to when, say, we have friends coming over to our house. Um, we're motivated, aren't we? If something good's coming up, we're motivated to do things, to have food and drink ready for them perhaps or to tidy the house up a bit more. And so communion helps us look forward to that feast and it gives us motivation to live now. We're looking forward to that so we can live now as people of the kingdom, uh, motivated to live as God's holy people, uh, not doing things our way, doing things God's way and motivating us to keep going when things get hard following Jesus. Uh, One of the big ways that communion helps us look forward to that feast, uh, the banquet with all of God's people uh, when Jesus returns, is by having this special communion meal together 
as I said, that great party, that great feast, that great banquet is, is great because we share it with Christians from all through time, all through around the world. And so communion is not really something we can do by ourselves. I think it's one of the great sadnesses of COVID. We couldn't have communion as we normally would. Uh, communion is about um, sharing it with other Christians, other followers of Jesus. It's a family meal. You can't have a family meal by yourself. And as we're eating and drinking together, we get reminded of something really, really important. None of us, uh, none of us who come to church together are any better or any worse than anyone else here. We're all, in God's eyes, equally valuable. That's a very, very important thing. We forget that so quickly sometimes. We can look down on others or feel inferior to someone. But in God's eyes, we are completely the same, completely uh, flattened uh, before him as precious and valuable in his sight. We're very precious to God. And so as we eat and drink together from the same loaf and the same bottle of grape juice, uh, grape juice uh, we're all equally having the access, the grace of God together. We are all in need of God's grace. And in Jesus, we are all accepted by him, precious to him and loved by him. That's a great thing. As we look around and see each other, think, wow, what a great thing to be able to share that with each other. None of us are more important or more special to God, no matter if we're rich or poor. Uh, whether we have life going okay or whether life's a complete mess, uh, it doesn't change anything. God loves each person here. No matter how much we like them or don't like them, God loves them just as much as he loves me. And as we have communion together, as we're, we're reminded to see each other as God sees uh, those around us, not better and worse than us, but as brothers and sisters, precious to God, dearly, dearly loved to him. Now that, I think, is a very, very special thing. I love that we're a church that keeps wanting to grow together in that and to love each other and serve each other in that grace. Um, we only read a little bit from 1 Corinthians before, um, but if we were to read that whole chapter, especially the bit of, um, just before what Hannah read for us, we'd find um, that Paul, the author, he's writing to the church in Corinth. He's very upset. Uh, the Christians in Corinth are not treating each other well, uh, and they're especially not treating each other well in how they do communion. Uh, what he's actually doing in this letter, he's setting them straight. He's saying communion, it really matters. Uh, we share it together uh, because we share together in the gospel promises. It's a serious business, actually, communion. We shouldn't take it lightly. You would have heard those words of warning at the end of the reading uh, that we had. Uh, we shouldn't take communion lightly, especially when it comes to treating others well. Uh, our brothers and sisters, they really matter as we eat and drink with them. So let's read those words of warning. This is verse 27 to 29. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. It's a pretty stern warning, isn't it? Because uh, to examine ourselves is to think carefully. Uh, before we have communion together, um, if we need to change our behaviour, uh, if we need to repent of things in our lives before God uh, and before others, actually, we must do that. And especially in context in this letter Paul writes, it's especially true in our relationships with each other. Uh, we may need to restore and uh, find reconciliation in our relationships uh, before we come to communion. Communion is a really serious business. Jesus cares that we treat each other as he does. And we're reminded as we have communion together, he poured out his blood for each one of us. Uh, he wants his followers to love and serve each other because he poured his blood out for all of us. We mustn't think only of ourselves as we come to communion, but be thankful for each other. And communion is a great thing for that.
Now, the final and I think probably most important thing about communion that I want to talk about is the way it encourages us uh, that Jesus is really with us and we are really with him no matter what. Uh, We know Jesus rose from the dead uh, with a physical body. He could eat and he could uh, be touched, um, but that body ascended into heaven, didn't it? That's where Jesus is physically now in heaven, which in a way means Jesus isn't really with us, is he? Physically, he's not here. He's not in this room. But, but, and this is the great thing about communion, it reminds us in a really important way Jesus really is with us. Communion reminds us that Christ is present by his Spirit. He has not left us. And this sounds weird, uh, but it's uh, what the Bible teaches us. To eat and drink symbolically his flesh and his blood is a way of us saying that he is very much with us and we are with him. See, when we put our trust in Jesus, uh, when we believe in him, we are united with Jesus. Uh, It's kind of like we're stuck to him with sticky tape or glue, perhaps. Uh, Being united to Jesus means that we are stuck with him uh, through all things. What that means is that what is true of Jesus is true of us too. So I'll give you an example. Uh, Because Jesus is perfect in every single way, he's righteous uh, without sin entirely, we actually get to be made righteous too. Not because we're actually righteous, but because we're stuck to Jesus, united to him, we are given his righteousness as a great gift. It's incredible. We're accepted by God the Father because Jesus is accepted by God because we're stuck to and united with him. Uh, Isn't that great? As we have communion together, we're encouraged uh, that we have um, Christ with us and that we are united with him. And this is, I think, the main reason that that communion is something reserved just for Christians, for those who are active disciples of Jesus. Um, We love having people with us here every week who who aren't believers in Jesus, uh, people who are not his disciples. Uh, And if if that's you, we love having you with us. Uh, It's so good that you're here. Uh, We do hope that you um, find yourself being able to feel included and be able to participate in all parts of our great community life. It's great that you're here. The one exception is communion. Uh, It's something that is reserved for Christians, those who are united with Christ by faith. Uh, That only comes through faith, and we'd love to help you find out more about that. Please do speak to us if you're interested in finding out more, uh, because we'd love nothing more for the new also to be accepted by God and to be joining us as in communion as a follower of Jesus. Uh, Because there really is, there really is great joy and encouragement for believers as we have communion. Uh, No matter what kind of week we may have had, uh, no matter the ups and downs of life, uh, no matter our own sin, our own failures, as we turn to Christ and receive communion by faith, we have all the blessings of belonging to him. We are assured of his favour. He likes us. He loves us. Uh, we're reminded of that we are accepted by him, that he has forgiven us. And we know that he will help us in our struggle against sin But perhaps most of all, we're reminded that our salvation is very safely in his hands. Communion, I think, nourishes nourishes our souls and assures us that Christ is with us and we are with him. And that is a very, very good thing. Uh, We're going to be having communion together shortly. Um, Before that, I'm going to lead us in prayer. Uh, Then we're going to sing another song to help continue to prepare our hearts as we uh, come to have this great spiritual feast uh, before us. Uh, But for now, please let me uh, lead us in prayer as the musicians come up. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you died uh, with your blood poured out and your body broken for our forgiveness. 
We thank you that you rose to life for our salvation. Thank you uh, that you have not left us. You've given us each other. And you've given us the great and encouraging gift of communion. And please do keep nourishing our souls as we receive by faith uh, this good news symbolized in communion. And so please grow us as people who have uh, faith, hope, and love. And please do this all for your glory. Amen.